Exactly. How much is game day when it comes to your campus? You'll find out on Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Dave Schultz, back with Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You won't take your bird dogs off, we promise you. Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. We have the head coach of the App State Mountaineers, Sean Clark, and they had a wild three-week stretch to begin the season and maybe a little bit emotionally draining, we will discuss. They're bringing in a new quarterback. App State has had uh, not many quarterbacks. In fact, just three over the last nine years. And we'll talk about breaking a new one in. Maybe a little bit more explosive in the running game uh, compared to the last two seasons. We talk about living up to high expectations. And Sean Clark will answer the question, how much is game day worth? At least it was going to Boone, North Carolina. Excuse me. Lovely Boone, North Carolina. Here he is. He is the head coach of the App State Mountaineers. He is Sean Clark. Welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. We continue to preview uh, the upcoming season, and we are honored by the head coach of uh, App State, Sean Clark, to hop on right now and discuss his Mountaineers. We got to go back before we look forward. You guys got off to an incredible start in 2022. Uh, in the end, looking back, do you think it was a little bit emotionally draining because a crazy ball game to begin with? You win on a, a Hail Mary uh, later on. You have game day there. I mean, you you had like a season's worth uh, or maybe a career's worth of memories in like the first month of the season last year. No, September was definitely a month to remember. If you look back on those, those games, you you know we scored forty points in overtime loss to North Carolina, and then you go to the number six ranked team in the country, uh, beat A and M on the road, and yeah. then you have a, a flat tire on your airplane. You come back from college game day, win a hell Mary. Then we have a great James Madison team comes in, and we're up twenty eight to seven in the in the first half, and lose in the second half. So um, a lot of things happened that month, but you know we didn't really. Uh, we didn't finish what we needed to finish, and that, that's obvious. You know, we lost five games by less than a touchdown at the very end there. And um, but you know, we we really we flipped the page, we flipped the switch in some ways, and we told we have a bunch of team meetings since then. And we're not going to look in the rearview mirror. You can't turn back the clock of time, and um, everything from uh, January first has, has been moving on. So I like we are a football program as as fall camp begins, and 2020, uh, 2023 is here. Uh, having said that, um, did you learn anything from last year? Maybe, you know, these, you know, I'm sure you guys are and, and pros do, you know, we got the 24 hour rule. We can either bask in the glow of the victory or, you know, wallow in the loss. But 24 hours later, we put it past us. Maybe we had a, a few issues of, of getting past some of the ball games and weren't quite ready to move on. Was there was there a learning experience from you on, on how to deal with not only your emotions, but, you know, emotions of some teenagers uh, trying to play football the next week after either big wins or big losses? Yeah, you just did a lot of self-reflection, and and that really didn't take till March because you think about it, the season was over, the transfer portal window was open, you're you're full uh, speed recruiting. So by the time you really catch your breath and settle in, it, it was March, and, and it all starts starts with me. And we have to I had to do a good job of reassessing the program to make sure we give um, each one of our players a chance to be successful. And uh, we we've made some changes throughout our program. Those changes aren't easy. Anytime you 
affect someone's life, people you care about. Those aren't easy decisions, but um, I'm always going to do what I think is best for the program. And, and so we made some decisions to, to bring new coaches in. And I like where we are right now. We brought in Scott Sloan to lead our defense, Frank Ponce to be our offensive coordinator, and Matt Greenhalgh, who was our director of player uh, player performance. And um, I like uh, where we are at this stage of the program. Like I said, uh, I think Matt's been a major impact um, down in the weight room. You could tell uh, all through the offseason, through the summertime, and now um, finishing practice three uh, that we've made major strides there. And that, to me, that's going to give us a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter. The way our conference is lined up right now, there are no more gimme games. Uh, the margin of error is zero in our conference. So to have that extra in the fourth quarter, we'll give our chance a better uh, team to be successful this year. Yeah, App State was, uh, let's see here, second in uh, the conference scoring 35 points, but you were ninth in points allowed in 27. So what are we what are we focusing on defensively other than, you know, not allowing more points? <laughs> Well, I think it all starts. I think it all starts in the red zone, and, and that's where we. Uh, that's where we start our our team segments uh, in fall camp because it's such it's such an important uh, aspect of the football game is red zone defense. And if you can hold opponents to field goals instead of touchdowns, then your success rate is going to go up. We talk about the four points in there. If you can, the four points of the margin for four points, home to a field goal or a touchdown. And if you can hold teams to field goals, then you're going to win a lot of football games. But uh, when you're in the red zone, give those touchdowns, then it's just hard to overcome as a team as a whole. So one of the ways to do that, I would presume, because obviously when it's on the red zone, you guys are the ones backed up. How do you put more pressure on them? Do you become more aggressive? Try to, I don't know, can you force a holding penalty or something along those lines? Try to make the quarterback make a quicker decision? How how do you put the pressure on them, you know, literally and figuratively, you know, trying to trying to punch that in the end zone in the uh, in the red zone? Because obviously you, you, your guys are the ones who are backed up. Right. No, we have to uh, show different aspects of our defense. Are you going to go uh, zero blitz and then, you know, you're one-on-one on the outside and you have to make a play as a corner or a safety, or you show zero blitz and you drop down to drop eight, or there's eight defenders in the, and down there in the red zone. And that, that area gets so much tighter as you get closer to the red zone, closer to the goal line. So um, that's something we did a study on. Uh, Coach Sloan and the staff did an off-season study of, of how we can improve. And um, we have a great plan. I know that because we're, we're the office is facing right now. They've been very successful through three days in the red zone. And uh, once we can master that plan, and we were able to meet with our team, uh, with our, our players, two hours a week in the summertime. So uh, we had a six-day install of, of uh, red zone defense, and now we're, we're on day four. So we went one through six in the first session of summer school, uh, one through six again the second session of summer school. Now we're on one through six in the first six days of fall camp. So there's no uh, relearning or reteaching. It's really just um, – defining what we do and getting really good at what we do because it really doesn't matter what coaches know it's what our players know what they what they can execute we're talking to sean clark head coach of the app state mountaineers all right i love that aspect because in one point in in one side right you you don't have to worry about the 40 yard bomb so you don't have to get back at the same time if you're inside the red zone you can't quite there's not enough room to you know if you do sort of fake a blitz and be able to get back and cover uh with the safety so it does give you the guy it does give the opportunity uh, to be more aggressive, and you know, I'm one of those guys, coach, especially at the end of the half, right? Pass interference is not the worst of all penalties when it's in college football. I'm, re- you know, I really believe that. Uh, you need to, you need to be, it needs to be appropriate. But I'd rather have a pass interference call, especially towards the end of the half. Let them see if they want to try a play on fourth, you know, with four seconds to go. Let them have it. They can come up with nothing, 
I'm I'm more aggressive defensively uh, the closer it is toward towards the half and at the end of the ballgame. No, you have to be, and, and that's the, the we call that the middleweight. The the last four minutes of the second half, and the first four of the uh, last four of the first half, and the first four of the right. second half. But uh, we have to play aggressive down there. That's one thing that uh, has been a big point of emphasis of this fall camp. I didn't think we played uh, aggressive enough last year. We were playing off covers too much, and and now if you play aggressive, one or two things are going to happen. You're going to uh, interception. All right, or you're going to get a pick six. So, uh, you know, and that's just where the cards fall sometimes. So, I think this year you see a more aggressive style in our defense as we go forward. Okay, let's take a timeout. When we come back, Sean Clark will talk about his new quarterbacks and who they are and what their strengths are and what they bring to the team this year. Let me tell you a little bit about FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off. Ain't that the truth? And FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets back every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets back for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's. Uh, it is Dave Schultz back with more of Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Let's head back to the discussion with the App State head coach, Sean Clark, talking about breaking in a new quarterback for the 2023 season. Talking to Sean Clark, Locked On Sunbelt head coach of the App State Mountaineers. All right, so App State has been blessed with uh, quarterbacks that have played multiple years. Some feel like they have retired professionally playing quarterback from App State. Uh, but you've only had three quarterbacks in the last nine years. And I keep on using the example, the Raging Cajuns played three quarterbacks last year. Uh, how do you go about breaking in a new quarterback before we ask, you know, who well, it's going to be? <laughs> no, we've been very fortunate over the last nine years to have three quarterbacks that have, have brought a lot of success here. And this is you know, going to some new territory, uh, bringing a, a new quarterback for this year. And But on the on the flip side of things, that can be a good thing as well. You know, we had Ryan Berger, who was a mid-year enrollee. Um, he came in a year and a half ago. He knows our offense. Coach Ponce actually recruited him out of high school before he went to the University of Miami. Uh, so there's some familiarity there. We had uh, Joey Aguilar, a junior college kid from California. That, that's done an exceptional job here. And Joey and, and Mason McHugh, who played IMG Academy in Florida. Um, those, those three have been taking the bulk of the reps. And each one of those brings a different dynamic, dynamic to our offense. Uh, they, they all can run the football. And when Chase was here, that you know, he gets you a first down. And when those guys really pull the ball down and take off running, they can score touchdowns. And, and whenever you have the quarterback run game and – and that, that's part of your arsenal of your offense, then there has to be someone assigned the quarterback to, to, to defend him. So right. um, that's been that's been a big point through the first phase of spring uh, fall camp, uh, quarterback runs. So um, I like where we are. We have a lot more room for improvement. But if they continue to um, uh, 
impress us as we go forward, continue to do a great job in fall camp. It's going to be a hard decision for us uh, come that first week of September. But, you know, competition is what we need. And competition, that, that breeds success. And those guys are really bad on the football field. They're really great friends off the field. But uh, I like where we are right now as a quarterback, from the quarterback aspect. As a coach, whether you let the media or, you know, idiots like me know, when do you like to have that decision? When internally is that decision made? I like to have that made after spring practice, but and that right. wasn't the case. And each right. one did something different that, that caught our eye. And, and to be fair to, to each, to all three players, we brought the quarterbacks in and talked to them about you know, what, what we expect from you. And this is what's going to be our starting quarterback. One who can, who can, who can run our offense, who can move the football, move the ball down the field, no turnovers and score touchdowns in the red zone. And if you can do those four things, then you, know, you have a chance to, to win a lot of football games. But really, we told our quarterbacks, you don't have to win the football game. Play within the system, do what you do best, and end every possession with a kick. Either that's a punt, or that's a field goal, or that's an extra point. If we can do those, do those three things, then uh, we'll have a great chance to be successful. We're talking to Sean Clark, head coach of the App State Mountaineers on uh, Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. Is David Hernandez still part of the team? He kind of went to school there and ended up being a walk-on. Now, no one, and, and, you know, he's not expecting to play, but I could say the same thing about, you know, your guy Chase Bryce, who I still haven't forgiven for coming off the bench when Trevor Lawrence gets hurt and beats my Syracuse Orange. And he said he wasn't even practicing that week. He was the scout quarterback. He wasn't even the scout quarterback that week. As you can see, I'm still not over it. But is, is David Hernandez still part of the program? I think that's great. He is. And David's a big part of our program. And I'm glad you brought his name up because, you know, he's a kid that's everything right. He's on, And he knows his role. Um, sure. But in the same sense, it is a competition. So today's practice four, he's going to get more reps today in practice. He's going to get some live team, some some team reps as we start practice today. But, you know, we, we talk, we're going to play the best quarterback. It's David Hernandez, it's Joey Aguilar. Mace McHugh or Ryan Berger, whoever gives our team the best chance to succeed, the best chance to win, they're going to play. So that's the one thing we do a great job here at App State. Everything is earned. Nothing's given. At the same time, though, someone's got to be ready if something goes wrong. You know, yeah. someone from, has to be ready. From a concussion to, to tweak ankle, right? I mean, very rarely does one quarterback play every snap of every game. It just doesn't happen these days in, in either college or pro football. No, someone be ready. We'll be calling you, Dave, to come be your quarterback. <laughs> in, in five. No, 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 no. I'd be very, I'd be very good at downing. I, I can do. Vi- you know what? I'm not even sure I could do victory formation. I would fumble that away. I would pull a Joe Pasarczyk on you, Coach. That would be that would be lot, bad. I have a lot more faith. I have a lot more faith in you than you do yourself. All right, that's you, you're absolutely coach. right. There is no, there's no doubt about that. He is he is Sean Clark. Uh, head coach of App State on Lockdown Sunbelt, along with those experienced quarterbacks at App State, has always had always had good running backs. Who is in the backfield this year for the Mountaineers? Oh, we're very deep at that position. And I think it starts with Nate Noel, who and people have kind of forgot about. And, and this is a great conference, a lot of great running backs in, in our conference. But, you know, in, in 2021, Nate Noel was an all first team all conference player, rushed for a thousand yards. And he was he had some injuries in 22 that I mean, he only played six and a half seven games and he had 651 yards of, of rushing. But you know you look at that room with uh, Amani Marshall and and uh, the Roberts and Anderson Castle and we have a lot of other players in that room who can really take our offense to another level. And we're going to play several running backs this year because you have to win the football to football to win to win championships. 
And if we can do that and, and impose our will on opposing teams run the football, then that just gives us so much better chance. If you have to throw the ball 100 times, you're not going to a football game. So we're always going to uh, have a deep running back room and, and be running back by committee. But whoever has the hot hand in the fourth quarter, that's who we'll go with. It is amazing. As much as football has changed from a running game to a passing game, it's still basically can you run the football and can you get to the quarterback? That's basically football. If you can do one of those two things or both, you're going to be a winning team. No, football is a really simple game. We've overcomplicated yeah. in the last 100 years. But you know, right. football was invented by PE teachers for PE, for PE. Right. So uh, right. it's, it's really simple. Who can It's throwing, catching, catching, and tackling. If you can do those three things, then you have a chance to, to win. All right, let's take a timeout. When we come back to wrap things up with Sean Clark, he talks about living up to those high expectations that App State has annually and exactly how much the study revealed that game day was worth when it went to lovely Boone, North Carolina for last year's Troy game coming off the upset of Texas A&M. Meanwhile, let me tell you a little bit about bird dogs. I love my bird dogs. They make you look great. A bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do exactly the same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code college for a free white tech hat with your order, just like this. That's birddogs.com slash college or promo code college for a free white tech hat. You won't take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, I waited to do this to see how it looks. Looks pretty good. All right, and this would help a lot <laughs> during the heat down here in Louisiana. All right, Dave Schultz, Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. Let's wrap things up with the head coach of App State, Sean Clark talks about living up to those high expectations and how much a study revealed that game day was worth to the university. Sean Clark, Locked on Sunbelt. He is Sean Clark, head coach of the uh, App State Mountaineers. All right, so App State always has high expectations, and the East got dramatically, if not exponentially, uh, more difficult with the additions of Marshall uh, and uh, JMU winning the division last year. Uh, you know, everyone always, App State is used to championships. You guys have built the expectations. You've been a big part of that. How do you continually try to live up to those expectations? Sometimes they're not easy to live up to. No, there's, there's a lot of expectations here at App State. Our, our expectations are win and win championships and bowl games. But, you know, for the last eight years, uh, we've been the hunted. And everyone's and we've had a target on our backs for the last eight years. And now the roles are reversed. No one's talking about us right now. And we have to go out and we're the hunter in our conference right now. And I like where we are. We have a, a I don't want to say a young football team. We have some, a lot of new faces. You know, we have our 32 signees, 17 were transfers. And people are really learning our culture right now. But um, I do believe with the next – we have 20, 22 more practices, I believe, and to get ready for our first game versus a really good Gardner-Webb football team. So um, I like where we are. No one's talking about us, and that's right. We, and we deserve that. We didn't win enough games last year to uh, to give to put ourselves in contention, as the naysayers say, as far as conference championships. But I think when the, when the season ends, we do what we're supposed to do. We'll be right in a hunt of things. 
Uh, folks, don't let him fool you. All right. They were picked second to in the division uh, uh, behind JMU uh, and ahead of Coastal Carolina. I mean, uh, talk about disrespect. Grayson McCall, three three time Sunbelt player of the year uh, with a new coach finishing th- predicted to finish uh, third. Uh, let's talk about that culture thing, because that's the big thing. You know, uh, you got uh, G.J. Kinney trying to do it over in Texas State. What is the culture? How how do you do that? And how, you know, you presume it all it's all the same, but it, it's different everywhere. How does how do you go about building the culture or trying to improve it? I mean, you've been there a long time. You know, it's it, it's it's gone from you know one guy Scott Satterfield, Eli Drinkwitz, down to Sean Clark. Well, I think it goes back to 1989 when Jerry Moore came here as a head football coach. And that's right when Sparky Woods had left. And a lot of guys had, had exited the program and followed Sparky to South Carolina. And um, and you have Coach Moore. He has a, a, an unbelievable run here. And it was, you know, three national championships, over 20 conference championships. And, you know, another former player, Scott Satterfield, takes over the program. And he had a great run there. And then Eli Drinkwitz comes in for a cup of coffee before he goes to Missouri. And then I was fortunate to be the head football coach. So if you go back to 19, since 1989, um, the culture, the program, the same rules and values have been there since 89. It's really about getting the right kind of people. You know, everyone has great facilities. Everyone has the same size football field. But if you get the right kind of people in your building, the people who love each other, the people who want to come and get a world-class degree and a chance to play for championships, blue-collar, lunch-pail uh, kind of guys, which that's what we are. And uh, when we bring our kids on recruiting visits, we, we let our players, our current players, talk to them. And we ask them, do these kids fit the culture? They fit the locker room? If they say no, then, then we, we kind of – we don't sign those kids because we, we really trust our players. We talk about a player led program. Um, that's what it's about. You know, um, you come in on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning, in the off season before you go to church and you have kids out on the jugs machine and, and the quarterbacks out, out throwing to your receivers and O-line D-line doing extra stuff that we, and it's, it's not mandatory. I think that's when you know you have the right kind of people in your program, the right kind of people in your building. Yeah, it is. It's not easy. You are. It's North Carolina, but obviously there's, you know, you're surrounded by the ACC. SEC is not too far away either. Um, And it's not Raleigh or Durham or Chapel Hill, right? It is a small, your small town. You got to have a feel for a kid. I I talked to some players who kind of like that. They kind of got away from a big city uh, and they enjoy what is a, what is a, you know, cliche is the wrong word. But a a typical small college town that is you know kind of dominated by that one thing. No, we have seven Division One football teams in our state, and yeah. and, and then we have then we have you know, the SEC. We border the SEC, and and we talk all the time. If if you wanted that city life, if you want the the out the 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 bar scene, then this is not the place for you. But if you want to come in and really hone your skills and become the best version of yourself and have a chance to play at the next level, then we can do that here for you at App State. It's not a secret that we, we year in and year out, we have uh, NFL draft picks that come through Boone. And it's not, it, this is a develop, it's a developmental program. We're, we have a great plan for our, our signees, our kids on our, our, our football roster, that, that if your goals and dreams or aspirations to get to the next level, we can do that here in Boone. And, and we have a great town, a great community that really embraces our players, embraces our program. Um, we've sold, sold every single home game. 
So one of the things, right. you, what what do you want to play in? Play in. Right. So, and this is the second year in a row we've sold out all of our season tickets. And we play on another uh, season, another uh, single season attendance record here for the Sun Belt. So, um, the Sun Belt is good right now. is It's one of the best conferences in the country. I don't care if you say Group of Five, not non autonomy, Power of Five. The Sun Belt there is in the mix. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, we joke about it, but I believe the name of the town is officially Lovely Boone, North Carolina. I think you have to I think it's mandatory or else, you know, you get fined if you don't put the word lovely there because it just it just seems, you know, fantastic. And, you know, watching all the kids spill out into Main Street or whatever road that was when you guys, you know, took down A&M. Uh, it, it's got to be, you know, seeing something like that go viral has to make people want to go there. It must, I mean, do you use that in your video to try and recruit kids? <laughs> Without question, if you think about this, you know, football matters to any university, but it matters at App State. You know, you go to A&M and have, a, a, the, at the time, the number six ranked team in the country, a major win for our program, and one of the biggest wins since Michigan. And then we have, you know, they announced college game days coming to Boone, North Carolina. Right. And then, you know, you sit there and we did a, a study, uh, we as a, a university, uh, that was almost a, a $550 million free advertisement for Boone, North Carolina, for our athletic department, for a football team. And it was a 25% increase in applications for our university. There you go. So yeah. you tell me that football don't matter in college right. athletics and how we do it and how uh, Doug Gillen, our athletic director, and Chancellor Everts, how they run this university. Then you, know, you can, with all the realignment and stuff going on right now, there's one thing about App State. Uh, we have passionate fan bases. It's going to be sold out. Every single, every single game is going to be sold out. They love our football program, and we love them as well. So it's a great day to be a Mountaineer. Yeah, on a, on a larger scale, I can, I can, in one breath, I can say that Nick Saban is overpaid for being a football coach, and I can say he's underpaid because, you know, app, you know, attendees and rollies have gone up fifty percent since he's gotten there. And who knew this? Alabama has more people from out of state than they do in state, and uh, and that costs more money. So they're they're they are liking that, and obviously five hundred and fifty million dollars sounds. It feels like uh, beating A and M and hosting Game Day. You guys won the Mega Millions. <laughs> well, you think about it. It's a it's a three hour uh, commercial for you, for the That's towns. Right. A three hour commercial for the university that puts our program on a national stage where the whole world can see. It's just not the United States of America. It's the whole world saw, saw our university, our program for three hours. You got to get back there this year somehow. <laughs> he is no John Clark. Yeah, yeah, no pressure, no pressure, coach. He is Sean Clark, head coach of the App State Mountaineers. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, and best of luck this season. Dave, thanks for having me on. Look forward to seeing uh, lovely Boone, North Carolina.